0: Two weeks ago, we started with Ruth chapter 1. And in Ruth chapter 1, if you don't remember, uh, we had talked about Naomi and Elimelech. Remember, we talked about a couple of different names that are going to be kind of cool. Elimelech was one of them. He had two sons. Does anybody remember the names of the sons? Chilion, right? Because we thought that was such a cool baby name. Chilion and Malon. So, Emelech, Naomi... They move from Israel to Moab. And they move because they think the grass is greener. Sometimes there's always the grass is greener on the other side. Amen? But when you get there, it's not always so great. They had two sons, Moab and, or I'm sorry, uh, Malon and Chilion. And they married two women, Ruth and what was the name of the other one? Orpah. Not Oprah. Orpah, which is Oprah's real name. Right? There you go. So, Orpah, Naomi hears about the good things that are happening in Israel, so she says, "Okay, her husband has died, her sons have died. Now she has it's her and the two sisters, sisters-in-law, really." Naomi hears about the good things happening in Israel, and tells them to go back to Moab. And Orpah goes, but Ruth, I love the wording of this, clings to Naomi. Amen. We talked about how some people will love the cross and kiss the cross, but ultimately walk away from the cross. And then there's other people who will come and cling to the cross. I want to be one who clings to the cross. Amen. I don't want to be one just to kiss it and walk away, not be changed by it. I want to cling to the cross. I want it to change me. And so at the end of the first chapter in Ruth, they arrive in Israel. At the beginning of the harvest. Amen? Amen. Is it really hot in here? If you guys want to open windows, you're more than welcome to. If you don't want to, God bless you. Ruth and chapter two. Amen? Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for the message this morning. Lord, I thank you for what you've placed in my heart. Lord, I pray that as it goes out, Lord, it would be affecting to those who are here. Lord, for those who are listening on podcast, Lord, that we would gain a sense of what you're doing here. Lord, we thank you and praise you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Ruth chapter 2 and verse 1, if you'll please stand with me. We're going to honor the reading of the scripture this morning with this very first verse. It says this, there was a relative of Naomi's husband, a man of great wealth of the family of Elimelech. His name was Boaz. You may be seated. Boaz. We are introduced to the man named Boaz. This introduces, there's an important word here, by the way, in the book of Ruth. Uh, To say that he was a relative of Naomi's husband. To say that he was a relative was the, the word there is a word, it's a Hebrew word, goel. Say it with me, say goel. G-O-E-L, Goel. To say that Boaz was a Goel, it meant that he was this. It meant that he was a kinsman redeemer. Say it with me, kinsman redeemer. Say it one more time, kinsman redeemer. I say that because we're going to see just how important Boaz is in the story of Ruth. Amen? He was more than just a relative, it was, it was to say that if you were a Goel, you were a representative of the family. You were a chieftain. He was a man of great importance. Is it okay to say that? He's a man of great importance. In fact, Boaz in the Old Testament is what's known as a typology. He is a typology of Christ or a type of Christ in the Old Testament. As we look at Boaz, we'll have to see that more and more. This morning, I want to start with Ruth and Boaz, a love story. Amen? Ruth and Boaz is a love story. You know what? I, I was studying the Word and putting everything together for the PowerPoint and, and whatnot, and I came home yesterday, and I said, honey, I appreciate you. She did. I said, honey, I just I want you to I appreciate you. And I've gotten some groceries out of the van and put them on the counter, and she didn't say anything until I put the groceries on the counter, she goes, well, why do you appreciate me? Or maybe she said, what are you looking for or something? I don't know. What are you getting at? I said, I just wanted to let you know I appreciate you. I love you. Amen? This is a story of love, Ruth and Boaz. There are some women who are just waiting for their Boaz, right? When I was in Bible college, when I went to college, and all of a sudden the women are there girls are there and they wanted to get their degree amen they wanted to get their MRS degree missus they they just they wanted their Boaz they they said oh if I could Lord just give me my Boaz amen we're going to look at who Boaz is a little bit next week but I want to talk a little bit about the character of who these people are we want to look at the character of Ruth and Boaz We get to see their first interactions. In this chapter, we get to see their relationship at its infancy. How many remember the infancy of their relationship with your loved one? See, now, I'm just going to be honest. There are some people who just looked at their spouse and just smiled. Jenny turned to Jean and she went, aw. The infancy of our relationship. Jeff, do you remember... When you first saw Kay. Bob, do you remember? I know you might have tried to block it out. (laughs) No. (laughs) No. But when we we want to talk about the infancy of the relationship of Ruth and Boaz. Amen. The infancy. There's something about that first interaction. Let's go to verse uh, the next chapter or the next uh, slide. It says this. So Ruth the Moabitess, she was from Moab, so she's called the Moabitess. She said to Naomi, her mother-in-law, please let me go to the field and glean heads of grain after him in whose sight I may find favor. Do, Do we know what it means to glean, right? It means to pick up after. And so they're picking up what may have fallen. And she said to her, go, my daughter. Go, my daughter. So she leaves. Then she left and she went and gleaned in the field after the reapers. And she happened to come to the part of the field belonging to Boaz, who was of the family of Elimelech. It's okay. <laughs> it's understandable. <laughs> I'd, I'd want to go play too, so uh it's okay so and she said to her go my daughter then she let, left and she went and gleaned in the field after the reapers and she happened to come to the part of the field belonging to boaz who was of the family of elimelech so why why would she be going out in the fields why would she be going out and and going after what the reapers had dropped and it's because of this it has to do with god's provision In Leviticus 19 verses 9 and 10, God commands, and I want want you to listen to this carefully because it gives us kind of an insight on how God wants us to deal with wealth as well as with the poor, that God commands the farmers of Israel that they should not completely harvest their fields. Did you know that? that God commanded the farmers of Israel to not entirely harvest their fields. They were commanded to cut corners in their harvesting and always leave some behind. Also, if they happened to drop a bundle of grain, they were commanded to leave it on the ground and to not pick it up. It was sort of a uh, social assistance program, as you could say. It was for those who could not do or did not have enough, and they could come afterwards and, and pick up what was left over. They could glean the fields. Farmers were not to completely harvest their fields so the poor and needy could come and make something for themselves. And this is an incredible way of helping the poor. It commanded the farmers to have a generous heart. Hear this. And it commanded the poor to be active and work for their food. Amen? It commanded the farmers to be generous and the poor to be active and work for their food. It was a way for them to provide for their own needs with dignity. So we see Ruth. She sets out to do this. She sets out of her own accord, by the way. She says to her mother-in-law, of her own accord, she sets out to do this. We see the first instance of character within Ruth. The first instance of of character, we see that she is hardworking, that she has initiative. She wasn't going to just sit and wait for a handout. She was going to do the work that was available. Amen? She wasn't going to sit and wait. She's going to go and do the work that was available. And it just so happens that she happened to come to the part of the field belonging to Boaz. She just so happened to come to the part of the field belonging to Boaz. Ruth was being led by the Holy Spirit here. Ruth is being led by the hand of God. Ruth is being led. She doesn't know it at the time. Remember, she's just living her life. I don't know. <laughs> I heard it. Who's, who's shaking the rattle? Keep shaking it. That's okay. Praise the Lord. Amen. Is that Will? I love that guy. He's awesome. Ruth is being led by the Spirit of God. She is. She doesn't know it. But how many times in our life don't we know it? How many times in our life don't we know it? You know, when we look, I mean, looking back at Ruth now, we can see, you know, hindsight is what's called what? 2020. Hindsight's very clear. If we look back, we can, we can look and see what God is doing in Ruth's life right now. We can look and see that God is leading her to Boaz. God is leading her to the field, and there is Boaz's field. Amen? So many times in our life, you know, she's just doing what she needs to do. She's just living her life. She, she, she's new to Israel. She's new to her belief. She's new to trusting in God, but she's just taking one step forward. There's so many times where we're just sitting there going, well, God, as soon as you lead me, I'll go. Right? All right, Lord, you know what? As soon as, as, soon as I see it, as soon as I see your hand at work, then I'm going to be moving. Well, No. Sometimes God just wants you to, to move in your life and move forward one day at a time and, and trust in Him. Amen? Ruth had to trust in God. It wasn't, well, you know, we, we, we kind of have this concept in the church of, well, as soon as I see His hand move, then, that, then I'll go there. No, no, His hand is moving here. His hand is moving where you're going, right? If we're following hard after the presence of God in our life, we don't have to worry about, well, what's the next step? Where's God going to take me next? Where's his hand going to lead me? If we're following hard after the presence of God now, then he's moving and leading you where you're walking now. Amen? I can't worry about what's going to happen in a year. I have to worry, God, where are you leading me now? I don't need a later word. I need an now word. Amen? So many times we're always searching for, God, what are you going to do later? We, we, we can't see it unless sometimes we reflect on it. So how many times do we look back in our lives and go, yep, God's hand was moving there? How many times do we look back and go, man, I, know, <laughs> I got through that situation, but, man, I saw God's hand all over that? Because when we're going through it, we don't always realize it. We get so caught up in trying to follow after God that we miss what he's doing here, now. Go to the next slide. Now behold, keep in mind, Ruth is in the field. Now behold, Boaz came from Bethlehem and said to the reapers, the Lord be with you. And they answered, the Lord bless you. I like this. This is showing Boaz's character. This is showing Boaz, he, he is... He is the boss. He is the manager over this entire field, right? He's not the supervisor. We'll get into the supervisor in a second. But he's, he is the owner of the field. And so imagine your boss comes to your work, and he says, the, with, with a, imagine he comes with a smile on his face, and he says, the Lord be with you. And you are just, you, man, you, how many have a really good boss? Jenny, don't you raise your hand. <laughs> The Lord be with you. And the old workers, I mean, they all jump up to the Lord. They answer, the Lord bless you. Can you see it? Can you see that this boss comes to work and with a smile on his face and he's just happy, the Lord be with you. And you just can't help it. The Lord bless you, man. Or woman or, you know, whatever. Today, it's how it goes. (laughs) The Lord bless you. And Boaz says to his servant who's in charge of the reapers he, this is the supervisor he says to the supervisor whose young woman is this whose young woman is this now i don't know what made him see her we have no we don't know if ruth was beautiful it's it's said that she has like really i mean it seems like she has a beautiful spirit but beautiful in appearance we're not sure but something caused Boaz to turn his head, if you know what I'm saying. Boaz is in the fields and he sees her. And he, now he doesn't just see her, but he inquires of her. How many ever been there? Come on. Come on. I know there's some guys here who once asked about a girl, right? Right? Jean? did you ask about Jenny? Gary, I don't know how this worked. Did you ask about Rhonda? <laughs> God bless you, Gary. It's all right. It's been a long time. God bless you. How many remember asking about your girl? How many remember going to me and saying, hey, who is that? I did. I said, who is that? Who is that girl? Or, how, hey, maybe, you know, we live in a modern culture. Maybe that it was the lady that went, who is that man? Yeah? Rhonda? Who is that big hunk of man? Right? If we were looking at it in today's context, this was the beginning of the Hallmark movie. Right? How many love the Hallmark movies? I can't stand them. you got to be kidding me. <laughs> when calls the heart. you got to be kidding me. Jackie watches that junk. I can't believe it. No. This is, he, he, he notices her. He notices her. He, he, he asks about her. This is the, this is the beginning. I like this. He's, okay, go to the next slide. Whose young woman is this? So the servant who was in charge of the reapers answered and said this. It is the young Moabite woman who came back with Naomi from the country of Moab. And she said, this, and she said, Understand, she inquired. She did this. Please let me glean and gather after the reapers among the sheaves. So she came and has continued from morning until now, though she rested a little in the house. Who is this young woman? Well, let me tell you about her. He asks the supervisor. He inquires about her. And then we go to the next slide. It says this. Next one yeah okay then Boaz says to Ruth so Boaz has spoken to his supervisor inquires about her and then he goes to her how many remember the first time you talked to your girl or guy their nervousness I don't know if there was a nervousness here but I remember what it was like for me right honey I like this. It says this. He says to Ruth, you will listen, my daughter, will you not? Do not go glean in another field, nor go from here, but stay close to my young women. When he's referring to his young women, he's referring to the handmaidens that were in the field, in his field, the ones that he had hired, his young women that were in the field gleaning. He says, you know, stay close to them. Don't go to another field. I don't want you going to another farmer's field, right? Right? Stay with me. Let your eyes be on the field which they reap and go after them. Have I not commanded the young man not to to touch you? Do you get it? Have I not commanded the young man, don't you touch her? Hey, how many ever dated someone? And you see, there's. I've seen other guys look at my wife. Don't you look at her. Are you kidding me? Haven't I commanded the young men not to touch you? And when you are thirsty, go to the vessels and drink from what the young men have drawn. Boaz approaches Ruth and he offers her some things. He offers offers her some things. What does he offer her? In Boaz's field, she will find companionship. Go to the, you be with the, the other young women. In Boaz's field, she will find protection. Don't, don't, don't you know I've told the other young men not, even, not to even touch you? In Boaz's field, she finds refreshment. Whenever you are thirsty, go to the vessels. In Boaz's field, it, you know, it's interesting to note here. Up until this point, I mean, we've seen... Some romantic intentions, some romantic implications. But more than that, this was the heart of Boaz. This is the character of Boaz. There was an extreme kindness to him. And then Ruth says these words in verse 10. So she fell on her face, bowed to the ground and said to him, Why have I found favor in your eyes that you should take notice of me since I am a foreigner this is more of Ruth's character she is humble why have I found favor in your eyes she is humble she's unworthy of being noticed by him why because she is from Moab she is a foreigner and this is entirely different. This attitude, this, hum, this humble attitude is entirely different from many Christians, right? Ruth's, Ruth's response is, why have I found favor? When, when a lot of times it's this, it's, well, it's about time somebody noticed me. Come on. How many know there's, there's Christians that, well, it's about time you noticed all the hard work I've done. That's not humble. That's not humble. Well, it's about time you noticed me. Ruth is saying, I am not even worthy of your favor. A lot of times we demand favor, right? We demand to be noticed. We demand. We, I mean, we, we are shouting, hey, it's me. We want to be humble in our character. I like what somebody says here. We never see Ruth asking why all the hard things have come upon her life. Instead, she asks why the good things have come. Lord, what have I done to do? What have I done to deserve you? What have I done to deserve your goodness? What have I done to deserve your grace? The answer is nothing. The answer is nothing. It's all because of his love. We never see Ruth ask why all the hard things come upon her life. Lord, why did you do this to me? Lord, why why does this happen to me? We can go there and we do go there. Instead, she says, why have all these good things come to me? Go to the next slide. And Boaz answered and said to her, I like this. It has been fully reported to me. I have checked up on you, girl. That's what he's saying. I've checked up. I've inquired all that you've done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband, and how you have left your father and your mother in the land of your birth, and you have come to a people who did not know before. The Lord repay your work, and a full reward be given to you by the Lord God of Israel, under whose wings you have come under for refuge. Boaz makes it clear, I have asked about you. I mean, he comes. To her. there's a little bit of boldness here. He's asked about her. He knows her story. He sees that she's committed to Israel. He sees that she's committed to God. He wants to bless her. He says, I, that under whose wings you have come under refuge. Imagine a, a, a little bird. And the mama bird or the daddy bird comes along and just puts his wings over that little baby bird. That, that w- those wings of protection. I want to be under the wings of protection by God. Amen. I want to be under his wings of protection. I want to I want him to be my refuge. The Lord repay your work and a full reward be given to you under whose wings you have come under refuge. When we stay under the refuge and protection of God. Come on. When we stay under the refuge and protection of him. Amazing things can start happening in our lives. Boaz makes it clear, and then, he's, and then this happens. Go to verse 13. We're going to go all the way through, from 13 to 17. It says this. Then she said, let me find favor in your sight, my Lord. She's, she's speaking to Boaz now. For you have comforted me. You have spoken kindly to your maidservant, though I am not like one of your maidservants. She's acknowledging again, I'm a foreigner. The rest of your maidservants are from Israel. I'm not like one of them. And Boaz said to her at mealtime, they're eating now. And Boaz says, come here and eat of the bread and dip your piece of bread in the vinegar. So she sat beside the reapers and he passed parched grain to her. And she ate and was satisfied and kept some back. Go to the next slide. And when she rose up to glean, Boaz commanded his young men saying, let her glean even among the sheaves and do not reproach her. Also, let grain from the bundles fall purposefully for her. Leave it so that she may glean, and do not rebuke her. So she gleaned in the field until evening, and beat out what she had gleaned, and it was about an epa of barley. Now, you say, Pastor David, that doesn't sound like all that much. I mean, I mean, in the context, go to the go to the first the slide before this one. In the context of the Bible. In the context of the time and the culture, I think it's safe to say that this is when Boaz starts to make his move. Okay? I mean, if we're going to look at the culture and the context, this is, you know, he's not overt. He may not even fully realize it. But his kindness is now becoming flirtatious. How many remember when your kindness became flirtatious? You have to keep in mind the culture here. This wasn't a serial dating culture. He couldn't get on FarmersOnly.com. Come on. He couldn't, you know what I'm saying. He couldn't get on FarmersOnly.com. I love that. I love that commercial. (laughs) You don't have to be lonely. Get FarmersOnly.com. Anyway. Single guys. If you're single, I want you to take note. If you're single, I want you guys to take note of this. If you're single, or even if you're not single, you can take note of this too. He notices her and then he treats her kindly. Evan, you hear me? I'm just kidding, man. <laughs> like start pointing right. <laughs> he notices her and then he treats her kindly. He said, I like that. Don't just eat some bread. I like, I mean, I mean, understand this. Don't just eat some bread. Come and dip your bread in my vinegar. The vinegar, give it some flavor. That's what he's saying there. Don't just eat plain bread. Have some flavor with your bread. Hey, fellas. Hey, fellas. Drop some extra grain for that girl. Right? Come on. I mean, I mean in the day, this is Boaz being pretty smooth. Right? Come on. Hey, fellas, give her a little something extra, extra. Right? This is, that wasn't that funny. I'm sorry. Sorry, honey. But I'll tell you what. Boaz was pretty smooth. How many remember being smooth with your wife? Being smooth with your girlfriend? I'm gonna tell you a story. I'm gonna tell you a story. There's you know, you can be smooth. My wife at the time, not my not even my girlfriend, just just we were at a church event and just i mean i'm not even probably thinking she just probably said it out loud not even really anticipating anything she goes i can't find a i wish i could find a rubber band for my hair and she she might have just said it just putting it out there but i heard it okay i heard it so you know what i did i went and found a rubber band and here's what i did i went and found the rubber band and I went over to her, very sheepishly. By the way, I said, "Open your hand." And I went like this, and I took took the rubber band, and I put it in her hand, and I made sure I touched her hand. Ah ha ha! ha. Yeah, and I touched it, and I and I let it go, and I gave her the rubber band. That's smooth. I like to think I have something in common with Boaz. (laughs) You can see it now, right? Woo! Hallelujah! It might not sound like much, but that's when I knew, and that's when she knew. Amen? He noticed her, and he treated her kindly. Go to that next slide. She brought back an epa of barley. How much was that? That was about five and a half gallons. About 22 liters. Go to the next slide. And she took it up and went into the city. And her mother-in-law saw what she had gleaned. Now, I don't know if, if, if uh, th- this isn't say it in scripture, but I can imagine that as she's going up to her mother-in-law's house, she's got a smile on her face. See, I can imagine that after that day, boy, that Boaz, woo, he gave—he didn't just give me bread; he let me have some vinegar with it. He didn't—I mean—in the context, this guy was smooth, right, Austin? He was—I mean—he was smooth, right? He didn't just, hey, he, 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 he told those guys to drop some extra barley for me. She had been blessed by Boaz. And she shows Naomi everything. She brought out and gave to her what she kept back after she had been satisfied. And her mother-in-law is amazed here. She says, where have you gleaned today? Where did you work? Blessed be the one who took notice of you. So she told her mother-in-law with whom she had worked, and said, the man's name who I worked with today was Boaz. That man's name, who I worked with, I imagine if she she probably wrote down in her little diary, Ruth, whatever Boaz's last name was, right? She She wrote down Boaz, and she probably had a little heart over something there. She probably encircled it. She probably wrote her initials down with Boaz's name, right? How many girls know what I'm talking about? How many guys know what I'm talking about? Right in your diary. That'd be funny. She shows Naomi everything. And then we see this. Go to the next slide. And Naomi said to her daughter-in-law, Blessed be he of the Lord who has not forsaken his kindness to the living and the dead. And Naomi said to her, this man is a relation of ours. He's one of our close relatives. We're gonna, what, that, that term, that goel, he's, he's the goel. And Ruth the Moabite said, he also said to me, you shall t- stay close by my young men until they have finished all my harvest. Go to the next one. And Naomi said to Ruth, her daughter-in-law, it is good, my daughter, that you go out with his young women and that people do not meet you in any other field. Stay with him, is what she's saying. Stay with Boaz. So she stayed close by the young women of Boaz to glean until the end of the barley harvest and wheat harvest. And she dwelt with her mother-in-law. She dwelt with her mother-in-law. This was the beginning of the romance. We are now about halfway through the Hallmark movie. Ruth and Boaz, a love story. Next week, we are going to take a look at the meaning of Boaz and what it means to truly be the kinsman redeemer. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you so much. Lord, for this, just this is, Lord, really encouraging word. Lord, this message that just really lifts my spirit. Lord, I pray that each person here would be reminded of their love. Lord, that they would be reminded of your love for them. Lord, that it's not just about me and my wife and Boaz and Ruth, but about your love for us. Lord, that we would feel your presence this morning. That we would feel that we are under the wings of your refuge this morning. Lord, I pray that as we go out into into our workplaces and with our families this next week, Lord, that they would just feel the love of the Father, that they would feel the love and mercy and grace of your Son. Thank you for all it is you do for us. Thank you that we are under the wings of your refuge. Lord, you're such a blessing in so many ways. It's why we magnify you. It's why we glorify you. It's why we worship you this morning.